Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Wild Country Nation. It's time for your Saturday morning wake-up call. Northwest Wild Country is on the air. Welcome to America's number one fishing, hunting, and outdoors radio show. And it's all brought to you by Waypoint Marine Group in Ballard and by Garmin Electronics. Now your Wild Country crew, Dwayne England, and your host, Joel Shangle. Saturday morning, 6 a.m., and uh, Dwayne and I are here in the studio. Madly scrambling through the websites of the Department of Fish and Wildlife trying to, <laughs> trying to sort out uh, some details. Uh-huh. Of a part of the wild five, I can't, I can't see it anywhere. Dwayne. it doesn't read uh, hatchery or, I, I or think wild. I, got, I think I got an email here. I'll pull up. Okay, let's so. take a look at that. Hey, good morning, folks. Joel Shangle, Dwayne England, <clears throat> here this morning, uh, live with you for the next uh, two hours. Uh, give us a call at eight hundred eight two nine zero nine five zero two zero six two eight six ninety five ninety five. Text us into four nine four five one. With us over the next couple of hours, Dwayne. It's uh, it's dark. It's rainy. You said that you were you were just barely leading a leading edge of a storm oh, headed, was a headed from south monsoon. to north. Soon, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, the heavy rain's coming back. The rivers are uh, projected to go up once again, even though they've barely dropped into you know for most what would be fishable, especially for the weekend. And now you're faced with uh, weekend opportunity and torrential downpour, uh, at least a half inch of rain out there towards coastal area. And rivers on the rise, so probably a good shot this morning to get out and get on it, but man, you're going to get wet. We will spend some time this morning talking to the following, Mark Spada of the uh, Nocoho Everett uh, Blackmouth Derby. That, of course, is, is a, new, well, it's a new derby, but it's an old derby, I guess. It replaces a, a, a previously existing Blackmouth Derby, and it is put on by the folks who formerly put on the Everett Coho Derby, which hopefully will be back at full speed next year next after year, after a yeah. dismal year this year. Mm-hmm. Also joining us uh, later in the second in the first hour, sorry, is uh, Jeb- Jared Gibbons of Okanagan Valley Guide Service. Uh, Jared, of course, is uh, the fellow who hosts us for uh, for our annual late archery hunt. But we're going to get a little bit of a preview of the weather ex- expectations for the late archery season. So we have a late archery season that goes roughly the third week of November through mid-December in places that it's open throughout the state. Yeah. Of course, that time of year, this time of year, uh, weather is highly changeable. Uh, we have uh, rut conditions as well. So this is this is one of those those times where it literally changes day by day, hour by hour. Yeah, I you know me. I'm checking the weather forecast uh, weekly and, you know, if not daily, just to see what's going on over there and comparing the week we're slated to go compared to the latter week to see if, you know, weather opportunity might be uh, better. But I think we know which week we're going in, in for good reason. And that is sort of your uh, your challenge during this this late season. Uh, I mean, it is it is highly mercurial. Things can qu- change quickly. But anyways, we'll get a, a, a read from Jared basically on what he expects to happen over there, and also we'll get a kind of a look back at how the season has gone so far in eastern Washington. And then in the second hour of the big picture, we'll uh, explore a couple of, of good early to mid-November options. Uh, Bill Monroe Jr. from uh, Bill Monroe Outdoors will join us for a uh, a glance at the best place to catch bright Chinook, probably uh, anywhere that's open on the West Coast. Uh, obviously, we've had a handful of guys over the years who have talked a little bit about the Tillamook streams, but, but this time of year, 
if you're looking for bright Chinook, you're you're pretty much headed toward Tillamook, and you're and you're either in the bay or you're in the lower river, or possibly you're putting a drift boat in, fishing one of the rivers of the system there. But bottom line is that area is ground zero for bright Chinook. Yeah, and it, I mean it will go as we know uh, historically all the way through November, even in, you know front edge of December, and mm-hmm. you're getting <laughs> chrome bright Chinook in the lower stretches of those rivers. Yeah, also in that segment, we'll talk to uh, young Oki Jake Nelson of Coastal Chrome Guide Service. We'll get a bit of a look at the uh, the North End show. He's fished both the Skagit and the Skykomish. Of course, water conditions, uh, not necessarily the greatest over the last handful of weeks, but uh, he, uh, when when he and his buddy Danny get out, mm-hmm. it has been great. And I, and, I'm, I'm, and I mean yeah. no, nothing short of great. It's, it's been multi-fish, yep. um, bright, beautiful, great fish. So, so there are obviously plenty of fish around in both of those systems. Yeah, and if you follow Jake and or Danny Stonedall on uh, Facebook, their posts are usually a little bit of uh, – <laughs> a little bit of uh, you know humor to them because uh, they'll have a box full of chrome and you know nothing to see here. Um, boy, they're about ready to close this thing. There's no fish yeah. around. You know, yeah. What a terrible year. We're yeah, having Danny's here. been on that since they've mm. opened it and finally got opportunity back to yeah. fish because they've absolutely been knocking the heck out of them. Yeah, so it's we'll, very strong. We'll get a little bit of a look ahead uh, for the next week or so with uh, Okie Jake. We may actually take a look at his uh, steelhead season ahead as well. Uh, and the last half hour, we're going to kind of stray around a little bit. Um, Randy Howell, the 2014 Bassmaster Classic champion, is giving away his boat, which he does every year. Again. Yes, yeah. sir. Every, uh-huh. every year. Gives away the Hope Floats. This year, the same situation, uh, giving away his 2016 uh, version of the Hope Floats uh, to raise money for a King's Home charity. We'll talk to the champ at about 7.30, and then we've got kind of an open show for the rest of the show. So the phones will be open for the entire two-hour period. Give us a call. Uh, again, the numbers are 800 829 Zero nine five zero two zero six two eight six ninety five ninety five. I'd like to get some activity on the the text tool this morning. The text number is four nine four five one. Let's jump into the wild five for this morning. Item number one. Thought about putting this last, but you know we might as well just put it up top so we can just jump right into it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, look, Mandy's on it now. Uh huh. She is. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Well done. Yeah. Stumbling. The headline that I printed. We're stumbling. On Columbia salmon reallocation, mm-hmm. and we are indeed. So, if you have followed social media, if you looked around, if you follow Northwest Sportsman Magazine, which is where I read it the first time, yeah, uh, we have a, a potential reallocation of a reallocation mm-hmm. is, I guess, the best way to describe it. So, we've had a a, a handful of year long goal to reallocate um, Chinook on the Columbia River, uh, commercial to sport, sport to commercial, and it's been eighty to twenty. Proposal is to reduce that to, to sorry, it's 70 to 30. Correct. Proposal is to change that to 80% sport, mm-hmm. 20% commercial. Well, yep. the Department of Fish and Wildlife of Oregon is is patty caking that a little bit, to say the very least. Well, potentially, yeah. potentially back to the to the to the previous, which is not actually not hasn't changed yet. Yeah, I mean this. You know, this news came out a couple of years ago. We've been working towards this, removing gill nets out of the main stem areas. You know, and uh, having them fish off channel in different areas that have been uh, denoted as um, opportunity for harvest commercially. And then, of course, the uh, the percentage of the split. And as we work towards this eighty twenty, uh, which everybody's on board for, and then rightfully so, obviously because you know recreational fishing uh, puts so much money back into the economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they're kind of hedging their hedging their stance on this whole thing, and uh, it really kind of pisses you off because they came out boldly and said, "This is where we are going. Mm-hmm. This is the future of our fisheries, mm-hmm. and this has to be done." With all the efforts going on upriver to introduce more upriver bright fish uh, via the Colvilles and, mm-hmm. and WDFW and OFDNW and all yep. the all the all the hands in trying to rebuild these these fisheries, 
and to provide an abundance of recreational opportunity. Now they're coming back, kind of dragging their feet, going, well, we got to take another look at this. And, you know, it's just crap because it comes down to the lobbyists and money and, uh, you know, at the table, guys, um, at the end of the day, it's just dollars and cents. And uh, they're willing to now pull back on that, um, that bold move in the right direction uh, based on, you know, a small percentage of a user group that wants more fish because they want to make uh, a few more dollars. At a cost of what? You know, quite honestly, at a cost of what? So yeah. uh, it's, it's frustrating. Um, you know, those that uh, are interested in this and uh, want to have a say and let, let, the, uh, let those that make these decisions know your opinion. There's a meeting on uh, the 9th, I believe. That is correct. There's a meeting on the 9th. I'm trying to find the, uh, the language uh, as, it is, as it was described by the Department of Fish and Wildlife. Very, very politico speak, very sort of kind of just very Mamby soft. Pamby, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Yep. Very they weak. Need, yeah, they just need to stick to their guns and draw the line and say this is the direction we're going. And for all the reasons aforementioned, I, uh, to, to go back on it now, that's just another, uh, another little insight into the fact as a recreational community, if we can't get those that make decisions to stick by their decisions as we move forward, and they're always going to renege on those and pull them back, then what future do we have, you know, and where do we go from here? Because all the efforts and all the pressure and all the organized groups and CCA and, and a handful of other ones that are out there in the communities working, um, you know, where do we go? If, if they put it out there and now they're going to pull it back and say, hey, this is actually where we're going to be. So, well, we as sportsmen have, have put fair effort into the Columbia River. Right? We're, we're paying extra fees and have been paying extra fees. And so for this particular, you know, potential reneging is the best word to come up with mm-hmm. uh, to be even to be even out there. Consider right now is, is extremely frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, uh, if you're available uh, and have the time, uh, I encourage you. Of course, me, I'm always seem to be working at the wrong time. But uh, this this affects both Washington and Oregon mm-hmm. uh, simply because if Oregon follows suit with this, uh, Washington is basically looking to see which direction this goes. And uh, will will align themselves uh, similarly that uh, you know they'll be comfortable with a with a seventy thirty split as well. So don't allow this to happen. Uh, voice your concern. Send your yep. send your information in uh, via the via the web contacts. Get on get on social media. It's all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Best place to go go to the go to the Northwest Sportsman uh, Facebook page and kind of take a look, surf through there. Andy Walgaman does a pretty good job of kind of breaking this whole thing down. But but there is a there's a passage in there that quotes. The Department of Fish and Wildlife, and it's 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 frustrating to read it. It's just it's a it's a the way that it's worded. It's extremely it's extremely mm-hmm. frustrating. Yep. It's not not good. Yeah. Um. Item number two, which is what uh, Dwayne and I were actually trying to trying to sort out the details of uh, the Green River Coho has reopened as of November the second. It's open until the end of the year. So it is. so now unclear on if it's uh, no, if it's wild no, or hatchery. Yeah, it's uh, up to three adults may be retained. Really. Doesn't doesn't say anything about uh, wild or hatchery. So, you know, there again, uh, it's feast or famine yeah. at times with WDFW. You know, the guys yeah. up north, uh, Skagit and, uh, and, 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 and said rivers, when they were given a lucrative uh, retention of, mm-hmm. you know, three or four fish, whatever, what, four fish, uh, you could keep two wild, two hatchery. Um, yeah, okay, we got an abundance of coho showing up this year, and... Uh, that was unforeseen, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's wrong with... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Putting out, you know, okay, we, we have fish, but you know what? We're going to allow you to keep two. Heck, I would be uh, excited if they would bump our retention down there on the on the intercoastal rivers to two fish because we're at a one Absolutely. fish limit on a lot of those. For sure. And yeah. it's kind of frustrating, and mm-hmm. there seems to be plenty of fish around. When mm-hmm. are they going to make an adjustment there? Puget Sound rivers, they've just gone all or nothing, man, feast or famine. First you got nothing, and now, you know, right here you're reading it black here and you white. Go. Hey, three fish. Ta- yeah, and wild kill them. Take them all. Matter, Take right? them all. Well, why don't we get a few more of those wild <laughs> fish to hit the gravel for Pete's sakes? I, yeah. I, I just don't understand this. Uh, uh, get them all out of here, or you get nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, you know. And the fact is, we didn't ever have an opportunity in the salt. I don't know if now they're trying to make up for it uh, by allowing us to have this, you know, pretty pretty lucrative retention in river terminal area. But uh, you know, I don't need three coho in a day. No, with no, and secondarily, another. Uh, so this is this apparently is the course of things. We'll have these reopeners now for the next the next couple of weeks. The, the Lower Columbia is now open for coho. Yeah, yeah. Have saw fun. That. Have fun with that one. Uh huh. Yeah, saw that. So, <laughs> but again, okay. So I get it. I mean, yeah. they're more apt to mm-hmm. uh, you know make moves on in season adjustments, in season mm-hmm. management. Uh, and I've been reading some articles as of late, um, as we go into preseason forecasting and how they. How they're going to try to, you know, develop these these more accurate uh, seasons to begin with because it's so difficult and can be so frustrating. Um, you know, maybe uh, they need to take a note out of the old uh, playbook from from some of the uh, more well-known Alaska fisheries where they at least allow, if not a almost full percentage, but a high percentage of fish to get in river first, mm-hmm. uh, as in hatchery take and, and some natural spawn that they can anticipate and then they open the fisheries up. You know, um, it's it's hard to do that because we have our Puget Sound waters and all that. And I Correct. get that. But Correct. for some of our terminal areas, you know, if you were to hold off, say, a week or so into it to see truly what's coming in and then uh, decide what our retentions are going to be and whatnot. But they, they always put this stuff out. And have you noticed, uh, you know, we used to get our regulation books in, like, March. Mm-hmm. And now we get them in May. Then it was mm-hmm. June. Now June. they go from June. June to June. I mean, we got yeah. reg books that, yep. that overlap a year and a half for crying out loud because of the time they hit print Correct. and finally get out there because of how long the process is taking. Yeah. Uh, that becomes frustrating as well because I got to look in this year's reg book for next year's opportunity. I mean, it just it's <laughs> like what year is it? What month is this now? So uh, yeah, yeah. So we um, <clears throat> we actually promised that we would embark on some sort of a uh, of, a, of a mission to to get. People from the Department of Fish and Wildlife, or people not necessarily even the DFW, but people involved in the business of forecasting fish, yeah. to come on the air, and that's 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 something that we need to, to we re- need to have circulate again. We it, really it's, do. It's interesting. It well, it's honestly, it's it's probably the the biggest mystery to most people out there. I mean, and, and everybody's mad about it. Yeah, you know why? Why do we keep? Why does this happen? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm curious about that. Yeah, I'm curious. Why is it that we can have a man walk in space, but we can't predict? <laughs> we can't predict how many fish are going to come. Hey, back. Like I told you, man. Why, why mean, can't we? Why some of these guys can't even predict the weather a week out? We're trying to project fish mm-hmm. returns a year out. So, uh, with the conversations I've yeah. had with Larry and a handful of others, mm-hmm. um, understanding the complexity of this, no wonder. Absolutely, we're for so sure. far off at times. Yep. Um, well, we should we should have the conversation. Mm-hmm. We would. I would. Mm-hmm. I would love to to hear exactly what it takes to accurately predict 
a, a coho runner, a steelhead runner, any, any yep. kind of run whatsoever. And I would like to know the factors that contribute to these things being so wildly off off base sometimes. The uh, the interest it gets really interesting when you start breaking it down by specific salmon species mm-hmm. in and of itself. Right. When you compare a chinook yeah. to a coho, uh, the fact that coho, no matter size. Uh, on the returning year is a three-year fish. That blows me away. Okay, it doesn't matter. Six-pound fish, 22-pound fish, three-year-old. I think that that nine out of ten people, check that, 99 out of 100 people would would probably be mind blown by that. Mine mine is. I think we throw around terms like, oh, that's a three salt fish. Yeah, that's a four salt time. fish. Yeah. Well, what, does that, it, what does that mean? Well it's four years old. No, a three salt fish doesn't necessarily mean it's a three year old fish. I right. mean there's terms that they use in fisheries management and we kind of, you know, toss around like we know what we're talking about mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. recreational community. Mm-hmm. And uh, we in some cases we couldn't be further off. But uh, the the component of whereby you're trying to forecast Chinook runs in and of themselves can be so complicated because within a general spawn year, you can truly have a three, four, five, and or very rare, a six-year, you know, returning right. fish. Yeah. Uh, and, and those have to be factored into each and every year. So you understand what I'm saying. You have a returning year that holds yep. jacks three Wild years, variability years. there. It's Wild variability mm-hmm. there. Anyways, that's so, something yeah. that we should definitely take a take a look at over the next handful of weeks is getting somebody who can talk a little bit about that. So mm-hmm. so if you're listening, Larry Phillips, your phone is going to ring here very shortly. <laughs> he did. <laughs> yeah. He says, well, I haven't done that for a number of years. I understand the complete process yeah. and where we're going with this and technology yeah. is fantastic. And he gets all geeked out and oh, excited yeah. about sure. this stuff, sure right? Sure, he does. Because he's so passionate, yeah. uh, which is great. That's why I love talking to him about it because he really is in, entrenched in this stuff. But he goes, man. There's other guys doing this work now that really well, have their finger. He knows on, some so. people who know some people. He does. So we'll uh, we'll track. We'll try to reach that out. Yeah. Uh, item number three: the Washington steelhead plate is ready to roll. Oh now. yeah. Yeah. So this is uh, uh, the the steelhead, and I believe this may be the first specific fish related specialty plate that the Department of Licensing has come out with. Is this correct? And we have we have I other we have other wildlife so. plates. Mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen elk, I've seen deer and so forth. But yeah. as far as far as I know, and you can you can call or text and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, this this new plate that's going to come out and it'll be available January or February. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the first vanity plate that is specific to a fish species here in the state of Washington where the funds some of the funds from the from the plates will go directly toward the management of the species. Yeah. Which I think is a, is a cool idea. It's a great cause. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I always uh, kind of laugh at the term vanity plate, you know. It's like, yeah. for some people, they should have a picture of themselves on their own license plate. <laughs> You're but, right. Some people uh, would probably go for that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, they got the, uh, the they got the well-known firefighter, you know, plates, which I don't roll one on my truck. Mm-hmm. But uh, now if they come out with a firefighter combination steelheader plate, now, you know, there you go. Now I'm that's kind of me. Yeah, so, right. uh you know, my old avatar back in the day sure. at chat rooms was Firefish. Firefish. So, yeah. yeah. So there you go. Day. I mean, get that plate built. That's right. Now we're talking. seventy two seventy five for the plates. That, of course, doesn't doesn't count the actual licensing of the vehicle. But uh, designed by a Michigan artist, uh, Derek DeYoung, from what I understand, he is a, is a passionate steelheader, so which yeah. is super cool. It's a cool-looking plate. I mean, I've seen pictures of it. It looks it looks pretty cool. Well, if he used, you know, Michigan uh, fish as a model, <laughs> uh, he did just fine because those came from here. Anyway. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, so $28 of the seventy two seventy five goes directly to uh, the study of steelhead. You can find information at the Department of Fish and Wildlife's website, the keyword is license dash plates. That's again, if you would like to uh, like to, to to roll a vanity plate uh, with a steelhead, now's the time to do it. Available January or February. 
Uh, item number four, and we'll get into this in a little bit uh, with Mark Spade after this break, but uh, today is uh, day one of the Everett No Coho Blackmouth Derby. That, of course, is uh, is a, a you know, a, the Everett Derby culture has been thriving for a number of years, courtesy of the Coho Derby. This derby was actually managed by, is actually managed by the same people who put on the Everett Coho Derby. Uh-huh. That's why we're talking to, to Mark Spade here in about, you know, 10 minutes or so. Yeah. Uh, it's an opportunity to fish. That's it. Finally. I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of a big deal. Well, we're open for blackmouth now, and the fishing's actually been pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, guys are already, of course, all over social media, and there's pictures being posted and videos. I, I saw our good buddy uh, Joe Q was out there with his wife, Kimmy, the other day, and mm-hmm. they're, you know, playing around fishing and whatnot. But, uh, and, and, and when you see early posts on the opener day, a couple days into it, guys are like, that was easy. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of fish out there. Sure there. Now, yep. you know, it's blackmouth fishing, so, you know, I mean, finding, finding some decent-sized ones. Uh, they're there. It's just you know, a matter of locating them. But what a great opportunity for a derby, and I hope they get a lot of participation today and tomorrow. As do I. Of course, the weather isn't real conducive. Not, to not so much. Not so much. A lot of boat that, covers up today. That's all right. We'll yeah. uh, we'll discuss that with Spada uh, yes, here in about will. ten minutes. And finally, item number five. Of course, we have uh, we have reopened the fan couch. We may we may rename that just the nation the nation couch. I'm not sure, but the bottom line mm. is it's it's open. It's open for business. We've had guys in the last uh, the last two weeks. Uh, JJ Dial and Benjamin Bobber Down Smith. Mm-hmm. So if you would like to plunk down on that couch over there and just hang out here and and see what goes on uh, behind the scenes and. In, in front of the scenes, for that matter, on Northwest yeah. Wild Country. All you got to do is just drop us a text at 49451. And let's make sure about this. It's not necessarily just limited to individuals. Like, I mean, we, we love having single people coming in, but but you can bring your home, your family. Bring if you'd your like family. To. Bring your family. If you're a business, if you're if you're a an outdoors-related business, sure, come on in. Yeah. Come on in. Roll it in. Why not? Check us out. Yeah, You've why been kind of out there kind of looking in going, what are these you know jokers really all about? Yeah. Come check it out. Uh, yep. Families, man. Yeah, you know what? Bring your kids in. Mm-hmm. I mean, let them enjoy the morning. Um, yeah, there's a little fee to get through the door. Coffee and uh, some right. type of morning. Starts with, starts with coffee. It starts with coffee. All right. So we got to be revved up, ready to go. We, but yeah, man, we, we welcome you all to come in and, and, and check it out. The uh, the phones will be open for the show. Give us a call at 800-829-0950 or locally here in Seattle at 206 286 Ninety-five, ninety-five. If you're out there listening anywhere around the country on the iHeartRadio app, drop us a text. We'd like to know. We'd like to know what's up in your fisheries. The text number is four nine four five one. We're going to take a super quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk to Mark Spada. We'll we'll get a little more detail on this this no no coho uh, blackmouth derby that'll lead into the first hour right here on Sports Radio nine fifty KJR and Comcast Sportsnet Northwest. Northwest Wild Country on Seattle Sports Radio nine fifty KJR. Six twenty-six this uh, rainy Saturday morning here in downtown Seattle. If you're out there in Wild Country Nation, uh, listening anywhere in the country, including Oakdale, California, where we got this from, Dell says I live on the Stanislaus River. Had a fun year fishing the river. It's now closed through the end of the year for the spawn. Switching to lakes. Great show, guys. Listen every week. That's from Oakdale, California. How about that? How about that? The power of iHeart. Oh. Fantastic. Good we stuff. Got people in Michigan. I mean, yeah, yep. all over the nation. So Drop awesome. us a text. Uh, a quick reminder while I've got Michigan on the mind. We do start Steelhead Nation here in about uh, about three weeks. Two weeks, actually. <laughs> so the we kind of come up with a with a kind of a loose theme every year for hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Steelhead Nation. Mm-hmm. Haven't really decided exactly what it's going to be. However, here's the deal. Definitely want to expand it to, to reach as many different Steelhead venues as possible. So the Great Lakes guys, uh, the Northern California guys, definitely would like to include them. So if you're, if you're listening or if you know somebody who is a guide or an outfitter or just an avid fisherman, any, any of the far-flung regions of Steelhead Nation, drop us a text. We'd definitely like to hear Yeah, them. yeah. I mean, yep. more more content, the better, right? We're going to run that for 14 weeks. So uh, lots of opportunity to cover lots of ground. Also, a quick note here from the 253 area code. Did you guys say that the green, you can retain other fish than just chum? Mm-hmm. Yes, the answer to that is yes, you open can. Coho. It's open for coho as of as of two days ago, and will will remain open through the until the end of the year. Closed for steelhead and chinook. All right, so we have a uh, we have a derby this morning. We do uh, indeed. this morning for the next couple of days, as a matter mm-hmm. of fact. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the Everco Derby is one that uh, that we've we've attended, we've s- spoken about, you know, for years and years and years. It was was has been one of the best derbies anywhere in the world. Yeah. I mean, w- I mean, a great a great derby. Obviously, we didn't have the ability to to fish for those this year, but we have all this we have all this creative energy from guys like Mark Spada. What do we do with all of our time now? Right. Well, I know what we do. We come up with another derby. And prizes. Absolutely. We've got so, a warehouse stuffed full of prizes. Joining us this morning uh, is Mark Spada, indeed. Mark, how are you doing this morning, my friend? Well, got to be there somewhere. Hold tight. Got some technical issues here. Oh, boy. Now well, are you with us, Mark? I'm here. There hey, you are. There, you, there are. you are. All right, here we go. All right, so so I'm sure that you had a loquacious answer for that, but uh, let's go ahead and repeat that since we couldn't quite get you. What uh, what's the situation this morning, my friend? Well, you know, we're just uh, we couldn't be more happy. We didn't know going in what was going to happen as far as participation. Uh, you know, we've had such a successful derby for 23 years, and to switch the the species and switch the later in the year, we didn't have any idea what uh, what we were going to have for participation, and I couldn't be happier. You know, we only printed 500 tickets. This, this derby in the past has only had a couple hundred people in it, and we had to scramble around and move tickets around. We're going to be close to 500 participants. Oh, wow. It's it's it, we couldn't be happier. That is uh, that is a big surprise and fantastic. Good for you guys. I mean, for crying out loud, Mark. Most of, most guys. I mean, if you're not a diehard blackmouth fisherman and you know look look forward to those openings. You've already uh, gone down the road of winterizing your boat to the point. You know, I mean, there's guys that just they, they look forward to that summer fishery that we didn't get, obviously, and they're pretty much done. So obviously you uh, piqued the interest of uh, a good number of folks and you got some good participation. Well, you know, so the uh, the saltwater has been closed since August 15th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There hasn't been any, you know, North Puget Sound saltwater fishing since August 15th. Yep. So I think you're right. You know, we had no idea if people would put their boats away and, you know, if they'd still want to fish in the first part of November. But I think, and I, I talked to Joel about this earlier, I think two things. I think people are looking for opportunity because we've been opportunity-starved this year. And I also think that they're a little bit derby-starved. I mean, we've had so many derbies in the in the fall in the past. We haven't had any. I think people like to participate in them. I think that people we have a real loyal following to our derby because we've been doing it so long. And, and I think that uh, people just kind of saw what we were offered and said, you know what? Um, maybe I'll keep my boat out for a little longer, and let's, maybe I'll go, I will participate this year. I mean, I can't think of a, uh, I can't think of a, a pre, I mean, and we'll have to maybe step back into some historical perspective here. But can you, are you aware of a of a blackmouth derby of of five hundred people, Mark? I mean, I just, I can't. Think I, of I'm not, I'm not. You know, I, I I don't follow it as close as I probably should because after the coho derby's over, it's kind of like okay, I'm shutting down now for the derby. <laughs> Burnt like but, toast, yeah. <laughs> but but no, we 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 you know even even our sponsors that, that stepped up and did it, we all were 
were kind of like, well, we have no idea what we're doing here. And they, they said, okay, we, we just need to, we'll still support you. And uh, it, it's just, and, you know, I was, uh, you know, as a guy that's in the business, there's been such a black cloud over the whole fishing business. Mm-hmm. And every time I've got into a tackle shop the last couple of weeks, it's been so negative. And now all of a sudden yesterday I was in it and everybody was, you know, excited and guys were buying gear and they're getting their boats going. And I was down at the Port of Everett and the, the lot was half full yesterday for guys out fishing. And it's just, it's just what we need. We just need more opportunity. Yeah, we do, and uh, you know, fortunately, in some regards, the uh, the fish showed up, and they've you know continued to monitor uh, you know terminal areas, and we have these openings that are now extending through the end of the year, and and plenty of opportunity now. Mother Nature would uh, you know cooperate a little better and drop our rivers down to where there are fishable conditions, and of course, you know, I was looking at the weather towards the end of this week, Mark, thinking about this derby this weekend, and I mean Thursday and Friday. Absolutely, you know, for the most part, just oh, beautiful. Money, you know, best, and just best day of the year because so I was at work, so that's how it works. And now, <laughs> here we are with the Derby, and uh, let's face it, man, the weather's going to be a little snotty out there. But uh, I, I got to, I got to assume these diehard fishermen—they've been waiting to go, and um, you guys have done a fantastic job organizing this. The luxury of being able to move it indoors for all the presentations of awards and all the prizes. Talk a little bit about that and what it took to put that in motion. Well, so you know, this Derby for the last. I don't even know how many years was a Bayside Derby, and the Bayside facility having that dry stack storage uh, facility. This is huge building that has the ability to cater to something that we're offering and have everything inside was a huge factor because if we had to, you know, we like you said the last couple of days. If this Derby would have been Thursday, Friday, we would have had no problem. We could have done everything outside, but yeah. now. You know, when you hold a derby the first week of November, you have no idea what's going in. So now we put everything, everything we're doing, the way in, the wards, the you know, the beer garden, everything is going to be inside in the same spot. And uh, for Bayside to be able to offer that is just was a huge uh, part of this whole thing coming together. And you know, our sponsors that uh, that stepped up and gave us money on kind of blind faith has been, I mean, it's been unbelievable, really. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the mechanics of the next couple of days, Mark. You can purchase a ticket until 8 o'clock this morning, correct? That's correct. And I just got a text from a guy saying that they were at Harbor and there was a whole line of guys buying tickets. So they're still buying tickets this morning. <laughs> that's that's great. That's fantastic. Super cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's $30 uh, per ticket for uh, adults, if, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay, kids 12 and under are free. Uh, I believe the, the, the prize pool for the top four prizes is $7,500 cash. It's $4,000 for first place. First prize. Run us, run us through some of, the, some of the prizes and some of, the, some of the, the, uh, the other things that are available there, Mark. So, um, you know, so I'll just go through the prizes real quick with you. So first prize is $4,000, and that was sponsored by Johns, Bayside, Harbor, and uh, Les Schwab. And the second place is 2000 That was sponsored by Roy Robinson and Silver Horde. Third place was $1,000 by Dick Sporting Goods. And then fourth place with $500 by Bickford. But we also have lots and lots of uh, uh, prizes that I've uh, accumulated. Um, we have lots of uh, the kids' prizes are all sponsored by Les Schwab. We have a huge amount of prizes. We're going to give away uh, some cash prizes for the first three. We've got downriggers. We've got depth sounders. We've got uh, gift certificates. We've got Cabela's gave us a whole bunch of prizes to give away. Um, we're doing a team competition. I mean, there's just a lot going on that uh, it's, you know, it's just a scaled-down version of what we've been doing for 23 years with the Coho Derby. You got uh, beer garden, food vendors. I mean, you got uh, plenty of stuff indoors going on for people to come in and stay out of the cold weather and uh, relax and enjoy. 
Yeah, well, you know, when we're inviting people to come down to the beer garden, it's going to be from 11 to 3 tomorrow at right there at Bayside. And even if you're not in the Derby, come down. It's a, you know, it's a, a fundraiser for Salmon for Soldiers. Coors Light Spunk gives us all the beer free. Everything that we bake on that, we give 100% of it to Salmon for Soldiers. So if you're not doing the Seahawks are playing tomorrow, come on down, have a beer, watch a game on TV, and support Salmon for Soldiers. What have you heard so far, Mark, about, uh, about you know, kind of early action out there? Well, so, you know, the last couple of days has been pretty good. And the mm-hmm. first day it opened, there was lots of guys that caught fish. But um, I haven't got a report yet back this morning. I don't know. It's pretty dark out there. I don't know if anybody's fishing yet. Probably, probably but, not. Probably uh, not. Yeah. But uh, I think uh, there's some guys, there's some pretty hot sticks in that Everett area that fish that salt water all the time. And those guys, mm-hmm. I'll guarantee you, some of those guys will find some places to catch fish. And even if the weather is a little bad, they'll find places to, they, those guys know where to go, when to go, and all this, with all the different conditions. And there'll be some guys out there catching fish, and we, you know, we think that uh, you know we could probably weigh over 100 fish easily. So yeah, we're looking forward to seeing what comes in, and and uh, the reports we're getting the last couple of days is that uh, fishing's been pretty good. You know, also the th- the thing about a derby though, Mark, is that uh, there there is the factor of blind luck. So it's not it's not as though you're stepping onto somebody's playing field and you don't have a chance to win. The, I mean, that's the one thing. If, if you're coming up from Tacoma, if you're coming up from Olympia, for, if you're if you you trail it over from the east side and you've never fished the area before, mm-hmm. you still have a chance. Oh yeah, you still have a chance because it is a derby. I mean, yep. it's it's one of those things that it, I mean, it could happen for anybody. Correct? Yeah, and you know, we actually had some guys call in a couple of days ago that are actually coming over from Wenatchee to fish. No kidding. And and you know, and you you couldn't be more right about that, Joel, because you know, for 23 years we've been putting on a Derby, and you would have thought, you know, and it is it, a lot of it is luck. And you would have thought that, you know, some guys, some of the really hot sticks would, you know, you'd see those guys' name in the top ten. I don't remember ever a guy even coming within the top ten or top fifteen more than once over twenty three years. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, even for the novice guy, I mean, or a guy that fishes like you guys are talking about here, a different area, you know. But they're they're skilled at reading electronics. They're skilled at understanding tide chains. They're skilled at uh, deploying gear and in fishing, understand all the things to be effective to you know catch salmon. And yet, there's so much information out there on the internet. If they want to do their research and get a little more in depth uh, info relative to being successful in around the Everett area, it's not real hard to find that information. And let's face it. Because it's been closed since mid-August, they've had plenty of time to, uh, you know, get schooled up on this stuff. So you pull all that together, it's going to be some dark horse that comes from Wenatchee that's going to win this thing. <laughs> Is that well, your call, the dark horse from Wenatchee? Yeah. dark horse from Wenatchee. Well, and, and you could be right, Dwayne. I mean, it's not like you can't find possession point. Everyone could find possession yeah, point. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, there, I'm sure there's lots of guys out there that uh, will be, you know, that know the area, and I think there's lots of guys that don't know the area, and you should never know. In a derby, sure. it's, it's what makes it interesting is is what what comes in. Remind us again, Mark, where tickets can be purchased until 8 o'clock in the morning. Just at Harbor. The only place Just you can get them this morning is at Harbor Marine, right? And that's right on the, the road right into the boat launch there at Everett. All yep. right, Mark, appreciate uh, the time and the, the effort, as always, uh, in these derbies. They're, they're, I know, they're a ton of work. I know you put a lot of time into them, but, boy, you do a great job. Really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you guys' support. Uh, I really appreciate you having me on this morning. Yep. Absolutely. All right, man. See you later. Have a great right, day. Thanks. Take care. Yeah, if we weren't stuck here, you know. And How many times do we say that every Saturday? Well, so yeah, it's we not are just every Saturday. Saturday. I mean, if we yeah. only had radio, we I could know. go do a live remote and drop the boat in and fish for a day and a half. I mean, that'd be great. But we got this doggone this camera TV situation thing. here. <laughs> right. The TV folks get pissed at us when we don't show up. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll head uh, east of the hills. Uh, maybe we'll pass the, the Wenatchee Dark Horse on the way over. But uh, <laughs> bottom line is that uh, the late archery season is a couple of weeks away. That means that... That you have an opportunity to 
Actually, we've got a, a late archery blacktail season as well. But on the, we on the east side of the states, mm-hmm. you have a chance for both mule deer and whitetail. This, this conversation will be specific to mule deer for a reason. Jared Gibbons of Okanagan Valley Guide Service joins us right here on Sports Radio 950 KJR and Comcast Sportsnet Northwest. Northwest Wild Country on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Six forty-four on Sports Radio nine fifty KJR Comcast Sportsnet Northwest and around the country on the iHeart Radio app. This time of year, folks, checking the extended forecast, us included, because uh, we're about two weeks away from the late archery deer season throughout the state. Uh, not throughout the state, Ham- handful of places that are open for late archery deer, uh, blacktail, mule deer, whitetail as well. But the bottom line is that uh, just because of the the time of the season and uh, the location in the rut, so forth, things. Things are, are highly changeable. When folks are looking for low temperatures, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I tell you what, I mean, we, you know, we we're weather watchers as fishermen and hunters, anyway. We are, but uh, when you have a very limited window of time to hunt, you you have a very definitive time that you can go hunt. Your your fingers are crossed, man. Come on, come yeah. on for me. Well, you want a, you know, you want activity. You want animals mm-hmm. that are on the move, yeah. not ones yeah. that are just hunkering down. You know, because it's miserable and raining, like today. You know. Yep. Uh, a prime example. I usually will always see deer out walking around mm-hmm. in around my place when I leave at old dark thirty. But it's raining so hard this morning. No activity no, whatsoever. No, that's no. pretty much commonplace. You know, yep. no matter where you go. So yeah. nobody wants to get wet. No, <laughs> no, including our next guest, Jared Gibbons. Uh-huh. Uh, Jared. So Jared has been pretty busy. He's had a, we, we, you know, he's been hard to get hold of the last handful of kind of a busy guy because this is the time of year where he he scrambles. But uh, Jared, let's take a look at the extended forecast. So we have uh, you know a couple of weeks before uh, before things go there for the the archery. The late archery season, and and what does uh, what does the meteorologist in you say is going to happen uh, toward the end of November? Uh, end of November looks really really good. I mean, it looks like uh, low low twenties to highs in the mid thirties come the end of November. You know, the first part of the season around the twenty first, we're still looking. I just checked the forecast here a while ago, and it looks like we're going to get some into the the high twenties, and then the highs into the upper thirties, which should help. Uh, I mean, right now we're sitting in the hills right now, finding a spot with service, and we got 43 degrees. Ooh. That's not that's not good. I mean, it's pretty warm, but uh, something to look forward to. I mean, even the migration. I mean, we're out with a, a poke tag holder this morning, trying to find a, a migrating buck, and it's just the migration's not on. 43 but, uh, 43 degrees. Did you did, did I hear that correctly? Yeah. It's 43 right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh wow. That's crazy. I mean, we had colder temperatures the first part of first part of october yeah so uh it's not ideal kit conditions at all i mean we'll see some deer this morning that are chasing but but the quality out there right now we're not seeing um but uh i mean even yesterday afternoon the bucks weren't even with those they were out by themselves so if that tells you anything right there i mean it's it's not on yet so it should be happening here soon we're supposed to have a full moon around the 13th i see and uh, that should trigger the migration right before the late archery season. So uh, it, it's looking promising closer to the season. Well, I mean, that's all encouraging because uh, obviously with that opener and our, our uh, time frame to head on over and get uh, three or four days in, I mean, you know, you all wanted to come together at the, at the right time, and it sounds like we're kind of going to get there. We might be on the front edge of it, but, uh, you know, unfortunately our schedule won't allow us to be there. I mean, if I had to pick my exact week to be there, I'd be showing up the 26th after the show and, and, and hunt that, that whole last week rolling into it. Cause as you mentioned, we're going to drop down into the, into the high teens, even in some evenings uh, with some snow flurries and stuff. And that's going to get those, get those guys moving. Plus we'll be well into the rut by then I would assume. And we should see lots of activity. 
Yeah, you know, if if it's triggered by the weather and everything, the rut should happen later. But you know, I uh, years past, I mean, it should always start to kick in around the 13th, 15th in there. Should end off right before Thanksgiving, and then that last part of the season. I mean, they're going to be be hungry and coming into some feed, and and that's when we'll get a chance to see multiple bucks coming in at the same time and having opportunities there. Jared, let's talk a little bit about, just let's expand our scope a little bit and just talk about the, the late archery season, pretty much eastern Washington. General conditions, uh, we talk about we talk about moon phases, we talk about temperature, we talk about the presence of light and so forth. I mean, what, what exactly... What exactly is it that will that will cause that trigger to go off? I mean, I mean, do, do we get like a certain specific set of conditions that line up that causes the rut to really come on stronger? I mean, in your opinion, what what influences that the most? I think it's moon phase. Uh, I, we had that full moon right around rifle season. I think that triggered some deer to come down and and did uh, have a little rut activity right out that last weekend of rifle season. We saw and we killed bucks chasing does that last weekend. And uh, and now, you know, and then that moon went away, and then I see another full moon phase, and not knowing that the, the migration is not here yet, and that, that full moon will trigger the more of the rut and, uh, and the migration when that full moon gets here. Hmm. So in your, in your uh, professional opinion, you're thinking these mule deer are more of a, a romance type of inspired uh, rut based on a full moon uh, sequence and, you know, nice evenings. Yeah, that's what I've <laughs> noticed over the years, and, yeah. and we really look for that moon. Yeah. So yeah. let's let's talk a little bit about the season as it has been so far. Run us through uh, what you've seen up there in the Okanagan area as far as in your rifle seasons and so forth. What's uh, what's the year been like for you? It, it's been a rough one. I mean, it's and I'm talking to a lot of local guys too, hunting public ground and myself. I mean, this was probably one of my really off seasons. I mean, I went 14 for 21 on my rifle season. I mean, so I mean, normally we're right around 95, 98 percent success rate. And this year we were just down. We had a couple guys that didn't hunt the full four days, uh, a couple guys that had opportunities and didn't go. So, I mean, all in all, I think we did a lot better than most. And, uh, man, it was, it's been an off year. You know, talking to my cattle guys and knowing uh, they saying, Jared, all the deer are high. They're high just because of how wet it was this summer mm-hmm. and, the, and the food and forage that was high. The deer never came down. Normally in July when it's hot like that, you know, the deer will come down. Uh, because the foliage up there is dying. Well, this year it, it stayed, and the deer stayed high. There's no reason for them to come down to the fields, and it's just been an off year and, and uh, for that, so I just got to chalk it up that next year will be better. Uh, for the deer that are showing, I mean, you know, seeing any quality bucks, any uh, any good size, I mean, and maybe not necessarily antler size, but, you know, body mass size, uh, quite a few, uh, the deer looking healthy, or, or how is it? Uh, oh, the deer, the, yeah, the deer are looking incredible. The ones we harvested during uh, rifle season, I mean, the fat on them was great. They all look in great condition. Uh, I've only seen one really good migrator buck in some of our winter range area, uh, and, and that's it. You know, we're seeing two by threes, little four points, little three points chasing does in the morning. But, I mean, I haven't seen any uh, breeding going on. But the deer population that I've seen, they all look healthy. Um, it, hopefully, you know, everything turns on like it's supposed to and should have a good season. Uh, Jared, talk to me a little bit about sort of kind of the, the cyclical nature of, of, I mean, will you get like certain year classes where, where you know uh, antler growth is is more significant and so forth. I mean, kind of run us through the way things go as far as peaks and valleys of of just the population in that part of the country. Uh, well, you know, everybody's been concerned about the fires that we had for the population. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they 
you know, it's kind of half and half when they issued all the doe permits. Yeah, okay, we need to harvest so many deer. Uh, just because the foliage is not going to be there, I agreed upon that. But then again, you got to look at it. Sometimes you got, you want nature to take its course. These deer have a will to live on that. And so our deer population, uh, as of now, I say, is down. But then, you know, you got the 50-50 thinking, okay, maybe the deer are high. Uh, we just really don't know how this deer population is. If, if the deer are high and, and if they're going to come down, if they're going to come down, we should have an epic late archery season and all those deer should show back up. Um, as of now, if the conditions stay the same, um, you know, it's it's going to be meek for a couple years here. But, you know, all the does we're seeing, they all have fawns. They all have doubles, mm. uh, lots of lots of, uh, lots of of fawns. And I'm seeing lots of fawns that have nubs on them. So our buck crop should be really good next year, too, just because I'm seeing lots of fawns with horns. Uh, so I'm, I'm just banking on that the deer are high. I think our population is going to be fine. Uh, deer are healthy. I'm not seeing lots of carcasses at all to think that we had a huge winter kill whatsoever. But uh, I think we're going to look just fine. I think it's just an off year. Well, I know for certain the last couple of seasons that we've been over there, we've uh, had opportunity to, you know, observe uh, just how many deer, in fact, are in a handful of areas that you uh, have access to. And I'll tell you right now, the population of uh, spikes and uh, forks uh, day in and day out the past couple of seasons has been beyond impressive. So I got to think uh, you're probably hedging your bet, and I would I would assume that a lot of those deer are still up. And uh, with a drop in temperature, and like you, uh, you know, rely on that full moon cycle coming up, I think we're going to see plenty of activity in the next couple of weeks. And it won't be long before Jared has to uh, pull stakes on the deer season, and he'll be into duck and goose season as well. So, so oh, log on yeah. to com. This is a year-round full-service guide service. Mm-hmm. So bottom line is, you want to hunt, you want to fish. This is the guy to go to. Jared, appreciate the information. Looking forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks, and, and hopefully everything plays out just like you just described. We'll be excited about that. Oh man, sounds good, guys. Look forward to you. Take it easy. We'll see you. Cannot right. wait, Shingle. Yes, sir, indeed. Let's uh, bail out for a quick break. When we come back, it's already hour two here in the wild country. We'll reach out to Bill Monroe Jr., get a little bit of a, a read of the uh, the Tillamook area um, opportunities. And also, we've, Jake Nelson's having a problem with his phone, so we, we may hear from Okie Jake. We may not, but but let's cross our fingers and hope that, that the phone operates this morning. Got a note on Facebook. Jake's saying, I, my phone's not working. So, Jake, that's what happens when you're a guide. You get your phone wet. Uh-huh. Stuff happens to it. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. either either way, either way, hour two ahead, right here on Sports Radio 950 KJR and Comcast Sports Net Northwest. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.